And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. You're <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. the show already here on this Wednesday afternoon. It is Wolf and Luke. We've got Suns Lakers coming up tonight from Los Angeles. Only 11 games left for the Phoenix Suns in the regular season. And if you are keeping track of when Kevin Durant's supposed to be reevaluated, that would be five games from now. So that would leave them with um, with six games to go, but who knows at this point. But this is a big one tonight, both for the Suns and the Lakers. The uh, Lakers on the outside looking in right now in the Western Conference. And you're laughing. <laughs> no, I'm just Hopefully smiling. Hopefully at the Lakers. I, no, honestly, I'm just smiling because um, you're telling me how how long until KD is going to be reevaluated next Thursday? <laughs> it, look, that that may change. I'm just going with the three three weeks from the day. Yeah, that three as weeks you should. Came out. Yes, that's what I'm going because with. they said the Suns came out specifically. Remember, there was a two week report out there. Two weeks. Yes. It's not going to be two oh, weeks. Be tomorrow, that'd be great. It's going to be three weeks. Imagine we're, how great it would be if it's we're going to take. I know, I know. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine that? That would be tomorrow. It would be tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> that feels better. Let's live in that alternate reality for a while. So you know, you can only imagine right now. Three. It's not going to be two weeks. It's going to be three weeks until we reevaluate re- him. So you're saying that 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 would give him six games. With if, the he, if the reevaluation was like, man, if this guy's well, ankle the is perfect. Yeah, Get him out there okay, right good. now. Yes, yes, it would be. Okay, they would. He would play Denver next okay. Friday. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no. you, you say these profound things from time to time when you don't even know it. That's typically just stumbling all over. Typically, it. if I say it's anything kind of profound. like you said six weeks, you said something like six weeks ago, the Suns acquired Kevin Durant in a trade. And he is yet to play a home game. Yeah, that was more just sad. <laughs> okay, that was through on the radio. seriously. That was to me. That was the sound of silence. The, the one that you like more. Yeah, that was sadness. Yeah, truly. And you know what sadness does to me? It makes me want to start swinging. <laughs> Right? Because of the intensity of the sadness. It makes you want to start swinging or you drink a lot of coffee and the show goes off the rails. Yes. One of the two. Oh. oh, this is the good? Well, I mean, I'm not going to say the other one's bad. Name that song, basic audience. Right now, if you're listening. <laughs> this one's a little heavier. Listen to the difference with the very first line. Hold on, darkness, my old friend. I, I mean, be honest. The first time you heard this, had you heard the Simon and Garfunkel version before? Yes. Oh, yeah. Of course, I. Yes, look, look at me. Your reaction. <laughs> yes, look, I did hear your it before. To the Simon and Garfunkel, when every time we play it is like visceral. See, here's the whole thing right here. Um, like if you watch Garfunkel. Too saying it, you know, you know the way he sings. Okay, I, I, it just—it's not this. Okay. Oh, you need to start a Simon and Garfunkel cover band. You could be Garfunkel. The Simon and Garfunkel version Wolf of this, Basinians. It, it stop. Close your eyes wherever you are right now. No, don't do that if you're driving. Close. Yeah, okay, if you're driving, don't do that. Okay. Thank you for that. A little safety tip yeah. from Luke. That's why he's here. Not Wolf Uncle. If you're not driving or doing something else important, just close your eyes right now and think of the Simon and Garfunkel version of this. It makes you feel like you're 
walking in a mountain meadow on a bright sunny day and you're picking flowers you're picking them as you and you pick a flower and you pick it up and you continue to walk and you're walking in this beautiful sunshine with white puffy clouds they're drifting by you you pick another one <laughs> you're just so happy <laughs> Now, imagine this version of it disturbed. Imagine this. Listen to this. Pot this up. Will somebody pot them up? Wait a minute now. Wait, what, what are you doing? Now all of a sudden, think of this version, Mason audience. Close your eyes. Not if you're driving. You know if you should close your eyes or not, wherever you may be right now. If you can, close your eyes and think about it. Pop, pot it right here. Punch it. sudden you know what you're doing you're walking through the exact same meadow on a bright sunshiny day with big white puffy clouds that are drifting by and you're picking the flowers you're still picking it but you know what you're doing you're plucking their heads from the flower <laughs> do you get it Plucking the head from the flower. <laughs> so one is picking flowers in a mountain meadow. So you can give those flowers to somebody else. In this version, you're picking the flowers for one purpose, and that's to pluck its head. <laughs> Thank you. I feel so much better. Do you? Yes. We it was need, an itch I had to scratch. We need somebody to isolate the, I don't know, 15 seconds at 106 whatever where you were doing the uh, the Simon and Garfunkel version and talking about. It was like one of those relaxation podcasts you can listen to. Yeah. The, uh, what's it? The, the guided imagery or whatever it is yeah that i those. think they call it guided meditation okay whatever i was okay, looking for the words that's you do it all the time I sorry see you. i've had two different songs blasting in my ears just, for the last five minutes i just minutes. hit delete on those okay i see you you've no, opened those I've, a couple of I've, times I've, i just hit delete oh the emails we get every week <laughs> yes. yeah no no guided meditation yes. delete no i keep deleting those and they keep coming back but they have those like podcasts where it's it's somebody voicing a very serene scene and oh now you're walking through the fourth okay that's your new career yeah <laughs> That's it. Voicing. <laughs> you talking about picking flowers and tossing them over your shoulder or whatever you were doing. You know what, honestly? Yeah, I, we need those 20 seconds back later in the show. We don't point. need the 20 seconds. We do. What we need is the last four minutes. No, we don't need that. So I can tweet that out, okay? Just in case somebody wants to know the difference. What the difference truly is between Simon and Garfunkel and Garfunkel trying to act like, I don't know, he's... <laughs> Stop it. I need the last four minutes of my life back. Garfunkel is a daisy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and in conclusion, here's the Devin Booker audio I tried to play <laughs> eight minutes ago. Yeah, it's the name of the game. Bro. 
that's just how this, that's how this league works. So, you know, it's unfortunate that those guys aren't playing, but it's another opportunity for you know, somebody to step up big. Um, like I said, the, the roles and responsibilities won't be the same. Those two guys get back, but, you know, the confidence will be there because they're being you know, put in these situations. You know, context-wise, <laughs> it doesn't make as much sense now. i got to be honest. The confidence is going to be there, just like the guy from Disturb, the way he sang that song, with the kind of confidence he had right there. Um, <laughs> I'll guarantee you right now, if you ask Devin Booker which version he prefers, it's not Simon and Garfunkel. I can tell you it's not it, Bad Bunny's version. It is the <laughs> Disturbed version right there. Smolder, D-Book, Smolder! Um, okay. We're talking about the Phoenix Suns. No, we're not. The time has passed. We're going to break. Are, oh yeah, my we are. Goodness. Yeah. That's what happens when you play an entire what song on the radio. There goes the whole segment. Oh, I'm so sorry, no, Mason audience. Is your bracket <laughs> tasted? <laughs> busted. Don't worry, Madness Maniacs. You still have a shot at $500. So just text <laughs> Bucks to 620-620. We'll send you a link to fill out your 16-team bracket. That's Bucks to 620-620. Sierra Zone Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. All right, when we come back, Lamar Jackson or the guy who currently wears number 12 in Green Bay? Which one would you rather have? Which one would the Jets rather have? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hello, darkness, my Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Why are we doing this to me? I, I cannot take this song anymore. Did you guys all get together and plan to, like, drive me out of here? You said Aaron Rodgers heading to break. We're not no, allowed to say that name. I didn't. I said number 12 on Green Bay currently. Oh, that's To avoid right. this torture. Exactly. But since you played it. It's okay. Let me ask you this question, okay? Yes. And I'm going to play Keyshawn. I'm going to play RG3, actually. I'm looking at Keyshawn Johnson on TV. I'm going to play RG3 first. Um, <laughs> just gone. Gone, as I, it should be. Now I actually appreciate the sound of silence. Uh, RG3 talking about the Jets going all in on Aaron Rodgers, which they clearly are doing, when you could feasibly just go all in on Lamar. If you go get Rodgers, you know, they're saying they want a first-round pick plus a player plus whatever, whatever. I wouldn't do that. You don't mortgage your future to go get Aaron Rodgers. You mortgage your future to go get a guy like Lamar Jackson. If you're going to give up a, a first-round pick, just give up to go sign Lamar Jackson. You're going to get him for five to ten years. Wouldn't it be funny? If the Jets, and I get why Green Bay is not like, we're just giving you this guy, but it's clearly a leverage play. He's not coming back there, right? Wouldn't it be funny if the Jets were just like, uh, actually, we just made a trade for Lamar. Funny, huh? Funny like a clown? Yes, funny. Okay. See, I've seen that movie. Okay, great. You have yeah, seen it's it? Yeah, Goodfellas. <laughs> yes! Everybody's Luke's seen Goodfellas. Funny. funny like how? Funny like a clown? Okay. <laughs> I have seen four of the same movies now. Christmas Vacation, yes. Goodfellas, and I don't even know if there are two other I, ones. I don't, you know, once again, I am in a playful mood right now, based on earnings, I am, and it's because of the sound of silence. I'm not, we're, we're not going to play it. We're not going to do it again. Um, we've already heard the disturbed version and the intensity that it brings out of, a, of you, of me, of anybody who actually listens to it. It is the... Um, one of the most intense songs you'll ever listen to. Having said that, though, right now, um, 
I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Okay. 10 seconds to bring us all back into what it is you want did. us to talk about. I just it's Aaron Rodgers. You want to talk about No, I want to talk about why wouldn't you just go after Lamar instead? Yeah. As, as RG3 just said right there. Well, don't okay, you, uh, because Lamar Jackson, you don't just go get Lamar uh, Jackson. I, and I know, I know you're going to say that, but before you say that, wouldn't it be funny if the Jets did, though? If Green Bay was like, well, yeah, when you give us this and this, we'll give you Aaron Rodgers, knowing full well that you can't keep him. What if the Jets, what if we had breaking news in 10 minutes and the Jets were like, actually, uh, we already made a trade for Lamar. Good luck with Aaron, Green Bay. Yo, um, uh, you know what, I... Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I would laugh. I understand lot. what you're saying, but you know, again, with Lamar Jackson based on Ian's, you're changing everything. You're changing how you play the game of football. You're changing that, and you need players that can execute how you're going to play the game of football. And I understand you can take Lamar Jackson, you can stick him under center, you you can put him in the gun, you can put him in the pistol, of course, he can do all of that. But what you're you're counting on is you're counting on Lamar Jackson being Lamar Jackson. And when you think of Lamar Jackson being Lamar Jackson, what's the first thing you think of him doing as a quarterback? Running the ball. That's the first thing you think of with Lamar Jackson. He is a run-first quarterback and not a throw-first quarterback. And that's the difference. And he wants a guaranteed contract, 100% guaranteed. And he wants a lot of it, by the way. Well, we're not just talking about he's going to give you a discount at $150 million or $170 million. Boy, that's a, I'm taking eighty million off because I understand you're concerned with me as a running quarterback. That's a big discount, right yeah, there. That's a right, of course. Okay, you get a group on, you get eighty you million get dollars off. Point. It's it's not something you just willy nilly do. All right, here's Sal Pal on get up uh, along those lines. Teams just think Lamar is asking too much. Where we are in the National Football League right now is the dual threat quarterback who can win from the pocket. Correct. And Lamar Jackson did it at an MVP level before anybody else did it at an MVP level. Yes. So if you have a dual threat quarterback who can win from the pocket, you should pay the man. Yeah. Absolutely. And the fact that nobody has stepped up to offer him a guaranteed deal for whatever, five, six years in the Deshaun Watson range of over $200 million tells me it is a about money. Yeah. That is the bottom line. You see, Wolf, I, wow. like I get what you're saying about you, you don't just you don't just go sign Lamar and then just go, okay, here we go, we're gonna play tomorrow. But it is a quarterback who just won MVP a couple years ago. It's not just one team that could it's not like if he's either on Baltimore or he retires. There's gotta be oh, yeah. one or two other teams that would look around and say, you know what, it's a it's gonna be a process to get our team set up in such a way where he's going to thrive, right. but it's worth it to us. Yes. That's where my concern would be. Not that I think the Colts are going to do it, but do the Colts spend this next month? What if they don't like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis very much? Yeah, right. No, I, I'm with you on that. But again, it's it's what he wants. Well, that's it's how that's much money he wants, yeah. Luke. You, you just you, you you can't just ignore that. And he, the fact that he wants a guaranteed contract. And by the way, if I'm if I am Lamar Jackson, that's what I want too. A guaranteed contract where if I blow my knee out, my ACL, not gonna matter. <laughs> I got it. it's all guaranteed right now because we all know 
any type of serious injury that Lamar Jackson suffers, that impedes his ability to run the ball that much more. So, again, I'm looking at this situation. Lamar Jackson, based on earnings, played in 16 games in 2018. He played in 15 in 2019. He played in 15 in 2020. He played in 12 in 2021. He played in 12 in 2022. Do you see where this is going? And that's five years of wear and tear on Lamar Jackson. Where could this go? Hey, listen, if it just decreased three more games, you're talking about nine games next year. If the, that uh, trend continued, you're talking about nine games next year. The, the stat that we heard yesterday, and I think we both heard it for the first time because we both just stared at each other. His last 12 games in December or January, he started and finished. like he, Games he has started and finished one of his last 12 December or January games. Come on. Think about that for a minute right now. That's not great. Especially too later in the season. Yeah. Because of why? Because of all, all the responsibility that is put on Lamar Jackson to use his great ability his awesome. He's again the love I have in my heart when I start talking about Lamar. It's because of the football player that he is. Yeah, he feels like a quarterback. You would actually give credit for being a football. He's player. He's a too. football player through and through. That's the only quarterback I've ever heard you say that about. Well, there, Josh Allen too is okay. one of those guys. Those two. Josh Allen. You watch Josh Allen play the game of football. He, he's going to get hit. Okay, but if Josh Allen were in this situation, teams would be lining up to take him away from Buffalo. Yeah, but I, I think it's because he doesn't run nearly as much as Lamar Jackson does. Not not nearly as much. And, you know, again, you, you've got to have an offense that I think is a lot more predicated on making sure Lamar Jackson has some boots and has some waggles and he's rolling out of the pocket, of course, and getting him outside. I don't think you need to do that with Josh Allen. I don't. I think he's a better pocket passer than Lamar Jackson is. This story is unrelated, but I just have to throw it out there. You saw uh, Juju, obviously, is now with the Patriots. Yeah. And wears number nine. Matthew Judon wears number nine with the Patriots. Did you see how much it would cost Juju to get to wear number nine? Over $100,000. Boy, I'm surprised, yeah. So he went ahead and said... More than that. He went ahead and said, I'm not going to be doing that in New England. Well, there you go. Every man has his price. It's an NFL rule, right? I don't even think that's Matthew Judon being like, yeah, give me $100,000. I don't think it's that. I think it's you have to buy up all the unsold jerseys. Like, all the number nine Matthew Judon jerseys would have to be bought up. <sighs> that's, is that really? I Look at you with your, it. your lawyer hat on right now. Well, I had time to do research while we were playing the song okay, of silence. I, <laughs> and I was plucking heads from the daisies? I need to go find that Okay. Um... All right, Lamar Jackson is a problem, as we all know. He's a problem only from the standpoint. It's a good problem to have, but you've got to build your entire organization around him. You have to do it. It's not just Lamar Jackson either. It's your second-team quarterback, your third-team quarterback. It's institutionalized throughout the organization If you're going to have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, you want to play the same way when Lamar Jackson goes down. How how many Lamar Jacksons are running around out there? Well, you know, there are some, but are they good? 
See, that's of course there are guys who can athletically do what Lamar Jackson does, but do they have his brain as well? I I I just don't know. If it's that easy to find a Lamar Jackson that is out there, I don't think it is. All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, we'll get the latest on the Cardinals. Did make a couple signings yesterday. Our own uh, Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports will stop by. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, welcome back to the show. We are, what, a week into the new league year? Cardinals made a couple moves yesterday. Bringing back Antonio Hamilton, too. We didn't even really get to talk about that yet, but we can talk about it now with our own Arizona Cardinals reporter for ArizonaSports.com, Tyler Drake, who joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. Tyler, what's going on? What is going on, guys? Not much. How you doing? We're doing good, Tyler. Really appreciate your time right now. Ha- having said all that, um, let me start here with you, okay? Uh, do you believe the Arizona Cardinals got better with some of the signings yesterday? Yeah, I do. I do. I personally do. Where I do think, you start? You know, no, keep going. Keep going. No, where do you start? Oh, yeah. You know, I think really, I, I think the Antonio Hamilton uh, signing is, is a little bigger than I think a lot of people want to give it credit for, just because we've seen kind of what he can do. I mean, at one point last offseason, he was going to be a starting cornerback until he had the freak accident with his feet So, uh, and the cooking accident. So I think that was, you know, maybe a more under-the-radar move, but I, I think that was a solid move. And, and honestly, the Dennis Daly move, who knows exactly how he's going to fit, but He's got some guard, uh, some guard reps that he yep. can maybe come in and, and at least compete to maybe come in and be the left guard. So I think there's definitely some moves that, yeah, they might not be flashy. They might not be the, oh, my gosh, leading sports center headlines. But at the end of the day, I think they're the right moves kind of where they're at in their rebuild to take that next step. I really like that. The Dennis Daly at left guard competing for a job. I like that. I love it because he comes from the Tennessee Titans. And you know, Tyler, of course, we're talking about a guy that understands the power schemes that the Tennessee Titans run and the zone schemes as well. It's a very physical brand of football. And I like the fact that they went out and got a guy that is very familiar with that physical brand of football. Uh, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, and, and I mean, really, we can go back to last year. Obviously, who knows exactly how this offense is going to look under Drew Petzing, but last year they wanted to really give the ball to James Conner to finish off the season, and I think you need some of those, you know, enforcer bruisers, guys that just like to get dirty and hit somebody, uh, and I really think that he might be one of those guys that really can help that, that run game take that, take that next step on top of being – you know, another bodyguard for Kyler and whoever else is going to be starting quarterback, uh, you know, starting at the start of the season. Tyler, going back to Antonio Hamilton for a second. So in your mind, now you have Antonio Hamilton and Marco Wilson basically locked in as the starters unless they add somebody else. Do you think they are looking at adding anybody else or is it just going to be more depth guys at this point? Yeah, you know, I, I think you could go either way with it. I think there's an opportunity for them to really be the two guys that lead the defense for the cornerback's room. But also, you know, who knows? Maybe the draft, if they decide to trade out of that third pick, Christian Gonzalez is a guy that 
I think a lot of people are high on. I think he would be a solid addition and could really grow with that unit. But yeah, you know, I think it, it could be more depth guys and have those guys kind of lead the charge. But I think if the draft comes around and they fall and they trade that pick and end up being able to get a guy like Christian Gonzalez, I think you got to jump at the opportunity unless you're going for a guy that's going to help the line of scrimmage. Tyler, what do you know about LJ Collier? Ooh, you know, not a ton, to be honest with you. I'm still still digging a little there. But, you know, I thought that was a good addition just for the fact of he's a former first-round pick. Right. They've seen, a, a, you know, people have seen a lot out of this guy before. So, obviously, I think there's a little bit that the Cardinals need to do to get him to the level that of being a first-round, you know, pick from where he was. But, you know, at, at this point, I think you go look for the deals that are more of the discounted side but have some really good upside. And I think that, plus, you know, even maybe Kevin Strong could – give this team a little more juice depending on if they can really get them to go to the level that they think they can get them to go. Talking to Tyler Drake of ArizonaSports.com. And Tyler, there may or, not, may or may not be a way to know this yet, but Isaiah Simmons, if they're going to exercise his fifth-year option, it's got to be done by May 1st. I've just assumed all along they would do it. Now, the last few days, I've started to wonder why they haven't already done it. I looked around the league. Most teams haven't done that yet for that draft. But do you have any sense of if that's just a slam dunk that that's going to happen, or are they still evaluating? Yeah, you know, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you. The last couple days have have been a little weird on, on the thinking of maybe they won't. But my initial thought was, yeah, they probably should. He, he's proven that he can be that unicorn of the defense, can play a lot of positions. Obviously, they need to find a home for him and really hone in on that one position, in my opinion. But I think they should pick it up. I think he's a guy that really can be moved around. It's just dependent on can they find a right fit for him in the defense and can he take that next step to where you don't have those, you know, bad practice habits limiting him in the beginning of the season or, or just the consistency basis. So it's, it's one of those up in the air. It's, it's up in the air for me for sure, but I'm leaning towards, yeah, you pick it up, you see what you can get out of him this year and you really move on from there. I think it's just, it's one more year. And I think we all saw what happened with Hassan Reddick and, I don't know if the Cardinals want to go through that again if, for some reason, Isaiah Simmons takes that same trajectory. Yeah, you know, it's amazing, Tyler. You you cover this team. You do a great job for ArizonaSports.com covering this team. You know this team as well. Right now, when you look at their situation and the mock drafts that are out there, what do you think is the most likely scenario for the Arizona Cardinals at number three? At number three, you know, the likely scenario, I think it's it's tough because I can see both ways. I can see a trade helping with the future, but at the same time, I don't think you pass on a guy like Will Anderson. I think he's the type of guy that can really give you that generational-type talent on, along the line that you can really start building around as that cornerstone. I think Zach Allen kind of was that figure entering this offseason, and now he's gone. So they really need a guy – up front, they can really build around generational talent, guy that seems like he's got it all together off the field as well as on the field, and you go from there and you build up from there. And I think there's enough – they've got enough picks to where they can continue to build through the draft. They can continue to go how they're doing things with the rebuild this offseason with you know getting guys more on one, two-year deals, and then kind of go for, from there, maybe not this year, but the next year try to try to go – to you know, maybe sort of a playoff run instead of let's just get better. So I think Will Anderson's the move. I definitely think that's the move. And uh, but at the same time, 
it's it's not up to me. <laughs> uh, Tyler Drake's joining us. Tyler, real quick here, the quarterback position. They end up re-upping with, with, uh, with David Blau. So now you have Colt McCoy and Blau. There's a lot of questions about Kyler Murray, obviously. There were questions about Colt McCoy's health that were really brought up by Michael Bidwell, of all people. Um, do you think they're done at that position, or are we going to see another move there before training camp? Yeah, you know, I think maybe we see another move or two of, of more of a practice squad type situation, but I, I you know, I, they might be done. And I don't know if that says more about where Kyler's at in his progression from his ACL tear, or if they just feel like they have the guys in, in McCoy and Blau to maybe take it to however many weeks into the season until Kyler can return. So I do think they add maybe another one or two guys for training camp, but I don't know if it's actually going to, be a starter come week one that they have on the roster. Well, Tyler, we appreciate the time, man. Keep up the great work. Thank you, buddy. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Excellent. That's Tyler Drake of ArizonaSports.com joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. And when we come back, we'll wrap up the show with some Suns talk with them playing the Lakers tonight. We hadn't really heard from Landry Shamit in a while. We hadn't seen Landry Shamit in a while until this weekend. But uh, we'll hear from him next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, final segment of the show. I guess this guy really is kind of the great unknown with the Suns now, Wolf. It's a guy that you almost forgot about, really, because they went out and got him before last season. I think they probably had higher hopes for him. He was really good at times off the bench, but then sometimes he just kind of disappeared. And then this year, kind of up and down, and then he gets hurt. And we hadn't seen him in a little over two months until this past weekend against Oklahoma City. I'm talking about Landry Shamit, who did have 10 points, three of four shooting, all from three-point range against Oklahoma City. But the reason I think he's sort of the unknown now is we worked this out earlier in the show, just trying to figure out what the rotation would look like in the playoffs. And uh, (laughs) some of the guys you think are going to be in the Suns' playoff rotation aren't. That's, That's the best way I can put it. Right. I mean, we, we went through and, and Monty Williams said nine and a half and you and I went through and it's like that basically has Landry Shamit, Terrence Ross, Ish Wainwright, Damian Lee all competing for one spot. Yeah. Boy, that seems rough, right? But you know it's going to happen at some point in time. You get into the Bose season, you got to trim that rotation down. And we all know that. It is going to happen. It just, man, it's kind of like the culture question with the Phoenix Suns. All season long, we've been waiting for that culture to actually solidify. And for whatever reason, based on the inside, I haven't seen it really solidify. I, I don't know what that Suns culture really is right now. Boy, we had a clear idea as to what it was last year. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And it, it didn't was, help, to be it, fair. No, no, it didn't. It disappeared it yeah. on them in the Mavs series, of course. It disappeared. So, um... It did not help them, but I'm still waiting for them because I know it does help. It's it's important to winning championships, if you ask me. Uh, no, I'm, I'm right there with you, and I really thought it was going to kick in for them in the playoffs last year. That was probably the most shocking part of a very shocking series uh, against Dallas. You and I were talking off the air before. Right now, it's it's not like the Suns have a bad culture. They just... 
they have an unknown culture. It's like it's like going to buy a car and you don't have good credit or bad credit. You're just you have that ghost credit. Like when you're trying to buy your first car and they're like, oh, you don't have credit. Like how do you not have any credit? You have you either have good or bad. No, right. if it's your first car, it's just ghost credit. So it's not good or bad. You just don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't know, and that's kind of the way that we feel right now about the Phoenix Suns. And you don't just win a championship because you're a culture based audience. You don't. You've got to have talent. You have to have the requisite amount of talent to win a championship. And that is the upside for the Phoenix Suns right now because of Kevin Durant and when he's healthy, because of D.A. and when he's going to be back. And, of course, I'm not trying to put those two in the same category because they're not. From a talent perspective, not only that, from a missed games perspective either. When you form a, whether you want to call this a traditional super team or not, when you form that team, injuries, you just can't have them. Not, not to your main guys. You know, no, nothing against Landry Shaman or Damian Lee, but if they were hurt right now, the Suns would still be going if they had Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton. But once you, you really condense everything into three or four guys, if one of them, or in this case, two of them are hurt, I mean, you're just, you're scrambling at this point. And, and when we went through the lineup before, Monty Williams said a nine and a half man rotation. He said he's going to start to tighten it up now yeah. for the playoffs. So immediately knock out the, the main four guys, right? Okay. So that puts you down to five and a half. Yeah. We kind of interpreted that the one and a, one and a half of those is Jock Landale and Bismack Biombo, just based on which one is playing for DA, if DA gets hurt or if he gets not hurt, but if he gets into foul trouble or if one of them. So I'm going to say those two count as the one and a half. Okay. So that leaves you. With what four spots for campaign for Josh Akogi for Tory Craig yeah for Damian Landry Shamit Damian Lee Terrence Ross uh, Ish Wainwright we got Ish Wainwright yeah. T J Warren Darius Baisley I mean they're not part of it but I'm just saying like it right. basically leaves you with with those four guys Ish Wainwright Terrence Ross Damian Lee and Landry Shamit competing for one so spot. right now who do you think is the most likely Let's say Josh Akogi is going to be the starter, the fifth guy okay. into the starting lineup, just for argument's sake. I, I would agree with that. Who's the first guy off the bench for the Phoenix Suns? I, I mean, you would think Torrey Craig. He's been kind of up and down. I think it's going to hinge more on what they need off the bench. Like, I don't think they have a traditional sixth man. If they do, it's campaign, I guess. It's I guess. campaign for me. Yeah. It's campaign. And I almost feel like he's just in a different lane as just Chris Paul's backup. But yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Yeah, you know, um, for me, it's campaign. And we know when campaign is right, man, campaign's doggone good on both ends of the floor. He's good. And yet, how confident are you right now in campaign? Well, you just don't know what you're going to get. I, you just don't the know. Consistency, right? And oh man, I there's wild fluctuations that are still there, and I hate saying that because I love campaign. With all, and due, yet it's the truth that he is inconsistent. With right all, now. all due respect to campaign, because I think we all like Cam, but it doesn't it feel weird that you could go all in on a trade for Kevin Durant in Devin Booker's prime and one of Chris Paul's maybe last real shots at winning a title and you know DA's you got you, you go all in with that yeah. and so much of your season could hinge on campaign in a playoff game yes doesn't it that just yes. kind of feels weird
Yes, and it uh, and so much of that is true. I, I'm kind of scared because <laughs> you don't know. You, you may have to go to campaign in Game Four of the second round, and campaign may go off, and you might go off within reason. But I mean, it, just in terms of what you're asking, he may give it to you like he did in the Western Conference Finals two years ago, and you may be fine, or you may go to him, and it might not work, and your season might be on the ropes at that point. What What are your thoughts on Landry Shamit? This is where I think he's really the unknown because. A, it's a James Jones guy that he went out and got before last season. And B, if he plays to what they believe his potential is, I think he jumps a lot of those guys we just talked about and is a part of the playoff rotation. And, and if you know, honestly, Wolf, if he can play to that potential, that's a pretty dangerous guy off the bench. He might just be able to come in and give you 18 points one night. Yeah, no, he can. And once again, Landry Shamit is, um, although I don't think he's lived up to being the defender that James Jones thought that he was going to come in here and be, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's not like he was, you know, all defensive team. That's not what I'm talking about. But James Jones really liked his ability on the defensive side end of the floor. Um, a 3 and D guy, if you will, right there. I don't know if we've really seen that from Landry Shamet since he's been here. And also the the three ball, although he's shooting a very respectable 39% from the field right now, 39% from beyond the arc. Um, man, you know, for me, I, I don't know is if he's impacted as many games as I thought he was going to. Yeah, I'm with that, you. That's the best way to say it. I, I think that is the best way to say it. And and I guess the flip side of the conversation is what if he started doing that now? That would be a, a real game changer for the, the Suns. I um, think that is one of the things right now. Landry Shamit is still a question mark. And over the last 11 games of this season, I, I think they've got to make that either an exclamation point or a period. Yeah. Because then he get rid of the question mark. That's a great point. Because because then maybe you go to Terrence Ross. Um, I got to play this before we go. Okay. okay. Because we talked about it earlier, but I got I got to reset it now. Okay. okay. This is anybody out there? You know, you kind of you need like the, maybe the guided imagery to go to sleep or whatever. <laughs> Ruby pulled the cut. Okay, so here it is. This is uh, if if Wolf ever wants another career after radio, if you want to be that that soothing voice that helps people oh, no. fall asleep, here oh, it is. No. Okay, it's just a sample of it. It makes you feel like you're walking in a mountain meadow on a bright sunny day and you're picking flowers and you're walking in this beautiful sunshine with white puffy clouds they're drifting by you you pick another one (laughs) you're just so happy (laughs) so good i could listen to that for four hours yes Oh, that was good. I just when you when oh you pick another I one. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I ruined and it. Then at you the end start there, plucking heads off of it right there. That's that as you're getting ready to walk out the tunnel. This is why this See. is why people would would wake up as they were trying to fall asleep. Exactly. Ding. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I flick your head with my thumb? Right. Mr. Daisy. This, this is how the show ends today. Thanks to Lauren Koval, uh, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Thanks to Eric Ruby for pulling that too. For Wolf, I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.